Well, you're listening to Gays Gays, in which we're gay, and we gaze into media that's by, for, or about ladies who love ladies. And sometimes, we talk about other stuff. I'm Erin, and she's only hovering. It's not that impressive. <laughs> and I'm Erin, and do you want to be a loser, or do you want to be rich and famous like the guy from Maroon 5? <laughs> <laughs> I want to be rich um, and famous. <laughs> yeah, me too. I don't want to be a loser. <laughs> we can't have that. Oh my God. Hey, uh, <laughs> sorry for the delay. <laughs> um, if you don't know, this episode is one week late. I guess if you're listening in archive, that doesn't matter at all. But uh, we had some technical issues recording this episode. So technically, this is like kind of the third time that we're recording it. Yeah, actually. <laughs> So That's just a peek to behind be fully the transparent. <laughs> um, I was, this is we've been doing this for like close to a year now, mm-hmm. um, and I I'm proud that this is the first time that this has happened. Me too. And they, these these podcasts they they're completely candid. We don't record or re-record or like write it. No, no, it's yeah. not. We follow a loose <laughs> outline, but we are not yeah. really scripting much of anything other than the summary. Yeah, um, that's weird. Which we do okay. write just so that we don't go off for. 20 minutes trying to go over the plot of it but anyway jennifer's body yeah yeah i'm so excited uh this is my first time watching this movie and i really really liked it so i'm yeah excited to talk about it even if it is for the third time (laughs) (laughs) it's like two and a half two and a half yeah you're right so yeah, our next three episodes, we're gonna do some gay horror, ooh, spooky, creepy, <laughs> as best we can, <laughs> as best we can. I would not do gay, creepy content uh, year round because it's scary. <laughs> but I would. But I, yeah, I know Aaron would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I could do a whole podcast of just creepy gay things. That would scary. that would be great for me <laughs> so scary and like with horror movies i like some horror movies but it has to be like it can't be too suspenseful <laughs> i don't like yeah. that i just like, like i'll, I'll okay. like watch a like a slasher movie or like an 80s horror movie where it's like kind of cheesy and you, you played like, until dawn right no i watched a let's play of until dawn and i had to close my eyes sometimes <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay 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 i've played scary. until dawn like three times i love that game so scary. <laughs> I love um, i've like sat next to my friends as they play silent hill those games i could sit through like japanese okay. horror is okay okay well, even though good. it's so scary <laughs> i know sometimes japanese horror is incredibly scary even Hausu is pretty fucking scary <laughs> hello (laughs) you thought house was scary scary i just remember watch i remember when i watched that movie for the first time i just felt sheer elation i was like this is like this is a movie for me like i remember watching house and just like literally reveling in it and finding it so funny and like I, I love that movie. I think it's it. It was really funny and good, and I enjoyed it. I think it there was it was uh, scarier than I thought it would be. That's fair. I mean, if you went in not think not knowing that it was supposed to be a horror movie, I I knew it was a horror movie, but I knew it for being like cheesy and funny and campy, and and then it was like actually kind of scary sometimes, and I was like, oh no. <laughs> mm. I remember being both creeped out and majorly into that scene where um Auntie like opens her mouth and she's got like a glass eye in her mouth that's like oh, looking yeah. around. <laughs> that's she, very like, much your aesthetic, and, like, I would say. Yeah. 
Um, I remember that scene is just like that's so much fun. Her like dancing around the house with the skeleton and shit. I love that. Oh love yeah, that. so so good, so good. This week we're gonna talk about Jennifer's body, and then uh, next week we're gonna talk about what keeps you alive. And that will be literally next week. Yeah, literally next we're, week. Because um, we're releasing this a week late, but uh, that one will be on time. Yeah. So that will be literally next week. Um, and then so two weeks from that episode we'll be back on the regular schedule and we'll just be we'll just be talking about witches witches are gay yeah we we had this idea to do like an annual monster themed episode and uh, witches aren't really monsters but they are like a creepy halloween feature so uh, we're just going to talk about some lady witches that we like and also the gay ones that we know of (laughs) yeah i'm gonna debut my essay on how alphaba and glinda (laughs) should be together and how the male love interest is totally pointless and that the musical would be so much more meaningful if they just cut him out entirely i and i'm excited to hear it as someone who doesn't know anything about wicked um i will just be rolling (laughs) in with uh having vaguely and perhaps drunkenly watched the craft and having googled uh willow buffy amvs (laughs) (laughs) i'm I'm sorry um the the bmvs the yeah. Buffy music videos. Yeah, actually, uh, if you have any favorite witches, gay or otherwise, email us at Aaron at gaysgays.com and tell us about them. And then we'll talk uh, about guys, it on the episode. Guys, we need to know who the gay witches are. We only know who of like two. They? We really, really, <laughs> I'm serious. Please fucking email us. Nobody's fucking emailed us. I'm, I'm serious this time. We actually really need your advice. I've always been serious. And I, if, if you're going to listen to Aaron and you're not going to listen to me, Aaron, my feelings are going to be hurt. So actually don't email us. Fuck you. No. <laughs> I'm kidding. Please email us. <laughs> Please email us. We really need to know which witches to talk about. You make we me have so a happy. list. But um, send us your favorite witches. We will talk about them. If you send us a comment about who a witch is and why you like them, we will include it. So Yeah. Fan fiction links, please. Okay. <laughs> Before Jennifer's body, perfume time. <laughs> Yay. Um, so in our last episode on Kelly Eve season three, I talked about how there was an um indie Belgian perfumer who accidentally made, well, intentionally made a Villanelle perfume, (laughs) not based on the show, made it before Killing Eve came out, uh, but it's named Villanelle. And I talked about this, and uh, since that episode, I bought a sample of it. (laughs) And uh, guess what? I'm wearing it right now. I put it on again today. I know. I put it on the last time that we recorded, and I put it on again today. Um, The perfumer in question is named Camila Aubrey. The perfume name is Villanelle. Um, Here's my review. It smells like Villanelle. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yes, thank you. I'm, I'm taking a whiff on air. I think that I, this is growing on me a little bit. Um, mm. But I will say that upon first spraying it, I was like, <laughs> today. <laughs> it is definitely, it's described by Camila Aubrey as a very earthy and woody scent, which I think is very true. It smells a little bit like damp moss is also how it's described. And I think that that also sounds spot on. I think that as it settles, it also just smells kind of like wet cinnamon sticks or like cinnamon gum, which I is not a complaint for me. I'm here for that. 
<laughs> yeah, why not? I am addicted to chewing cinnamon gum, though. <laughs> so maybe I'm a little bit biased. Yeah, overall, I like it. I'm going to keep using it to see if I want to buy a larger bottle. But that said, when I first put it on, I definitely thought, like, you know, if most people smelled me, they would be really put off by this. Aww. And I do think that that's true. But maybe there would be one person out there that would smell me and think, I've fallen in love. <laughs> and that is precisely the energy that I needed from perfume named Villanelle. So Exactly. And maybe you'll meet that person in a bathroom while they're putting up their hair and you are disguised as a nurse. It's true. <laughs> we can only <laughs> Ow, ah, do not start this right now. Oh, Pepper, Pepper, why do you sound like a bat? <laughs> Pepper, can you stop biting, stop biting Aaron, okay? Can you do that? <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> no. Can you try? Okay. <laughs> Aw. Okay. So the the film here, it opens with this introduction to the main character, who's Anita Lesnicki, um, who is nicknamed Needy for short. I'm, I'm not going to make this joke the third no, time. I'm, because- <laughs> no, I'm not going to pretend that. So Anita Lesnicki or Anita Lesbian, which I didn't really realize until Aaron pointed it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, it's something I need. A I love it. I, I think it works for the movie. It's a drag name. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Oh, perfect drag name. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Anita, she's nicknamed Needy for short, and she's played by um, the lovely, the talented Amanda Seyfried. And Needy is serving time in prison at the start of this film. She says that she used to be a normal girl until it all happened. And then we get this flashback that will tell the story of how she ended up being incarcerated. Needy and her childhood best friend, Jennifer Check, who is played by Megan Fox, were both once just normal high school girls. Uh, But Jennifer was like the mega hot popular girl at school. And Needy was kind of like her awkward, slightly nerdy friend, which honestly doesn't necessarily work super well with Amanda Seyfried playing her. I know, who looks like a like perfect. a literal fucking, Personal like, doll. angelic elf, like, fawn human, like, she just, dies. like, kind of otherworldly. <laughs> She's she really dies. pretty. Yeah. yeah. Both of them are. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. <sighs> oh, my God. <laughs> so, one night, Jennifer took Needy out to see this punk indie band that's called Low Shoulder. Jennifer said that she wanted to try to hook up with the lead singer, so this is the main reason why they're going. Um, But during the concert, the bar that they're at ends up erupting into flames, and most people that are there die, but Jennifer and Needy manage to narrowly escape through the bathroom window before the building collapses. Jennifer is in shock, and she's totally unresponsive, and then the lead singer of Low Shoulder drags her into the band's van. And Needy is super terrified of what what could happen to Jennifer, but the van drives away, so she doesn't really have any option other than to go home and call her boyfriend and tell him everything that's happened. Mm -hmm. So late that night, Jennifer shows up at Needy's house, and she's totally covered in blood. (laughs) So it's obvious that something is very wrong here, Um, and it quickly becomes clear that she's no longer herself either. As an example, she goes into Needy's fridge, and she tears apart this rotisserie chicken with her bare hands, and then she eats it off the floor. (laughs) That's not that unusual. it's not that weird. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of slow. We've all been there. Y'all were going to a night school. 
And then after eating the floor chicken, she vomited, like, moving spiky black goo all over yeah. the floor. Um, and then before she leaves the house, she pins Needy against a wall and gently bites her neck, mm-hmm. uh, not hurting her. No homo. Um, no homo. Not game. <laughs> Just kidding. That was the exact moment where I was like, wow, this movie is a lot gayer than I thought it was going to be. Oh, my God. That was the moment? <laughs> yeah, I was. Yeah, because I was like, um, I literally went into this movie thinking, like, maybe they'll look at each other longingly. Oh, no. That was that was the level that I expected. Wow. What a what a nice surprise then mm-hmm. for you. It was a nice surprise. I know. Um, so after this event, for weeks at school, everyone is grieving the loss of their classmates in the fire. Um, but meanwhile, Jennifer is behaving as if nothing was wrong at all. While secretly, she kills two of their male classmates, disembowels them and eats them. And this only like lends to the grief that the school is already experiencing from the loss in the fire as well. Yeah. Um. So while Jennifer is killing Needy's friend, Colin, Needy's having sex with her boyfriend and she gets this ominous feeling that something is very wrong. So she runs away and drives herself home. And when she gets home, she finds Jennifer in her bed mm-hmm. and they kiss. And Needy is basically like, <laughs> thank you for the sound effects. You're welcome. Needy, Needy is basically like, hey, what the fuck, Jennifer? Uh, How are you acting, like, so normal at a time like this? Like, all of our classmates are dying. You're being really fucking weird. What's wrong with you? Mm -hmm. And this is when Jennifer tells her story of what happened the night that she was taken by Low Shoulder. So she reveals that uh, they were Satanists and that they tried to perform a virgin sacrifice on her, um, exchanging her life to Satan in order to get fame as an indie band, because they told her that she didn't know how hard it was to be a cute boy these days (laughs) and that there are just too many cute indie bands. So there's too much competition. So they have to do something to stand out and she should be glad to be the sacrifice (laughs) that will get them famous. Um, and presumably, because Jennifer lied to them about being a virgin, she doesn't die when they stab her, uh, but instead she becomes incredibly strong and able to immediately self-heal any injury she has, and she also develops a craving for human flesh. <laughs> Yummy! <laughs> Delicious. So Needy kicks her out. Um, Jennifer assures her that she would never hurt her. But then Needy goes to research at the library and determines that Jennifer must have somehow become a demon of some sort. Mm -hmm. So Needy tells her boyfriend Chip everything that she knows, and he doesn't believe her because who would? (laughs) Um, She breaks up with him, thinking that that's going to protect him from Jennifer. Um, And then they both try to go to the school dance separately. But when Chip is on his way to the dance, Jennifer intercepts him and she tries to kill him in this abandoned pool house. So Needy busts in and she fights Jennifer in this attempt to save Chip. And Chip impales Jennifer with a giant pole. She takes it out and immediately self-heals because she's fine. But she does get a glorious moment to make a joke about needing a tampon. (laughs) Then Needy stays with Chip as he dies, then chases down Jennifer, pins her to the bed, stabs her in the heart, breaks their best friend necklaces, um, and is caught by Jennifer's mom with a knife in Jennifer's heart. Yeah. So so this is how she got to prison. (laughs) Oops. Um, So there's another cut and Needy reveals that when you kill a demon, you gain some of their powers. And so now she's in prison, but she has demon powers so Mm. she can levitate and shit. Um, So she levitates her way out of prison and then she goes on this mission to chase down and kill all the members of Low Shoulder. Yeah. 
And that's how the movie ends. And in recording last time, we realized there are two versions of this movie. There is the original, which I believe was the theatrical version. And then there is the quote unquote unrated version, mm-hmm. which is more like a director's cut, which has um, five extra minutes minutes of footage overall and then has a lot of different shots and like like very small changes in dialogue and stuff like that. So cutting into the production... So what I learned is that Jennifer's body had most of the same crew as the movie Juno, which was unexpected to me just because they seem like very different movies. However, they have they both have kind of like similar style and flair. So I do kind of get it. They're both written by the same the same woman, Diablo Cody, which is a fucking sick chosen name. I absolutely love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I pulled this quote from her like on writing the movie, which I found kind of interesting, where she says, when she first set out to write this, I intended to write something that was very dark, very brooding, a traditional uh, slasher movie. And then I realized about a third of the way through the process that I was incapable of doing that because the humor just kept sneaking in. I have a macabre sense of humor. Which, yeah, I'm glad that it ended up being kind of more comedic. Yeah, me too. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's very rare that I watch a dark comedy that I vibe with. And this is one that I think it's very easy to vibe with. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's just so good. It's about women. I know. (laughs) It's just about women. It's about women. Uh, Despite the fact that this movie was made about women for women, it was intentionally marketed to appeal to men, which this went against Cody's wishes and also the, the wishes of the director. And I think attributed to this movie, like, underperforming like sensationally oh yeah the largest contribution to how badly this movie failed when it came out yeah which is like this story that keeps happening time and time again where it's like oh films for women don't sell well and then they so they market it like towards men and then people show up and then they're they're not happy with what they're seeing because it wasn't what they expected and then like and then it's like well this didn't do well and it's like well why didn't you market it correctly like oh my god right yeah there was this buzzfeed news article that came out in 2018 that was called you probably owe jennifer's body an apology um and speaking specifically to the marketing the director karen kusama i i guess she she asked for an explanation that was behind uh, the specific ad that they were running that was, you know, white background, Jennifer sitting at a school desk, (laughs) sexy pose, um, marketed very, very similarly to how, like, American Pie movies would be marketed or, like, dude bro frat party movies, like, hot girl, white background, sitting at school desk, sexy. Um, Right. And the the tagline on that poster is she has a taste for the bad boys, which just does not work for this movie. It doesn't <laughs> because it, all the guys she kills are good. First yeah. of all, <laughs> it's just like it's supposed to be titillating. Like they put no thought into it. Yeah, mm-hmm. Karen Kusama and Diablo Cody got this email from the marketing team um, that just said, and I quote: um, "Jennifer, sexy, she steal your boyfriend." And Kusama said that this was as if a caveman had written it. So that's what we were dealing with. <laughs> um, Jennifer Sexy, she's still your boyfriend. That's all you need to know about the movie. <laughs> that's fucking all you need to know. 
Um, she doesn't steal a boyfriend, really. <laughs> but she, she is, is sexy, sexy, though. So is sexy. Yeah. Uh, what about uh, Diablo Cody's? She saved her favorite review, which was just needs more boob, but more was spelled in the the very 2009 way of M O A R and then boob was B E W B yeah i <laughs> Which, can't believe that, oh that somebody God. left this review but to be fair they are correct there is not a lot of boob <laughs> in this movie so but, but if you watch the the trailer online it 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 does imply there will be more bubage. Well, that's disappointing. <laughs> it, once again, a failure of the marketing. Oh, my God. It, as we've already kind of mentioned, the initial response to this movie was really negative. Um, yeah. First, let's start with the, like, gay kiss. Yeah, what's so funny is, so when this movie came out, I didn't watch it. Um, I just heard it was bad. And then I had seen the trailers mm-hmm. and... I was like, I don't, this isn't, I'm, A, I'm not interested in horror movies, and B, this doesn't really seem like something I'd be interested in, because I don't like dude bro comedies. Yeah. Um, but what I didn't know is that the the kiss was, like, a really big controversy, and when it came out, everybody thought that this kiss scene was just added in be, as, like, some kind of um, gimmick. Um, so Cody wrote on the, the kiss scene, if the two protagonists of the film were a guy and a girl, and in a particularly tense moment they shared a kiss no one would think it was gratuitous but the fact that they're women means that this is some kind of stunt uh so she went on to reveal that the kiss was actually and quote intended to be something profound and meaningful to me and karen kusama the director obviously we knew people were going to totally sensationalize it they're beautiful girls and the scene is hot i'm not afraid to say that yeah um so yeah, and and then she she also said that the the kiss was in the script because she wanted it to make clear that Needy was like on some very deep level uh, in love with Jennifer. Yeah, and I think that that is pretty obvious as the viewer watching it today, and yeah. I think it's also pretty obvious that it, at least like sexual feelings are mutual from Jennifer. Yeah, <laughs> so God, for sure. Yeah, yeah, they're definitely just totally in love with each other. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Man. But yeah, reading all that stuff about the kiss, it reminded me of how, like, it, in the 2000s, it was like, well, you only kiss, kiss girls for male attention, bisexuality mm-hmm. isn't real, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And and how much that was just, like, a prevalent thing in the period. Right. I mean, so Katy Perry's I Kissed a Girl came out 2008, one year before this movie. Tila yeah. Tequila Shot at Love came out 2007, <laughs> two yeah. years before this movie. Um, so this is what the culture believed about bisexuality. <laughs> yeah. When I say the culture, it. I mean specifically, like, very cisnormative heterosexual culture incredibly yeah. heterosexual culture yeah. of course um the the other thing with this kiss scene too is that um at the time there were just like countless headlines about this specific interview that megan fox did where like the headlines would be like megan fox and amanda seyfried are horrified that they must perform gay kiss in this movie <laughs> oh my god um, and so uh, almost all those articles provide partial quotes from megan fox not the full quote and there's this kind of reparative article from cinema blend that came out in 2019 um that provided the full quote from megan fox which you know to start up it's basically like oh we were super uncomfortable doing this scene blah 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 um and it ends with 
I remember that we were both stressed out because we had chin acne and there was going to be this micro close up of us kissing. I remember thinking they have to paint that out. (laughs) I don't even know if they did, but that was a very stressful scene for the two of us. (laughs) <laughs> um, so come to find out they, they they were not horrified about having to do a gay kiss they were horrified because they had acne yeah. <laughs> um, which is I would say a very normal fear <laughs> for yeah. most people for uh, sure. having like a bad skin day to have to do like a, a shot like that a super so. close up yeah. yeah poor Megan Fox they did not blend out the, the acne in post production um, but it's, it's really actually not that bad and I remember watching that scene specifically I was like oh I like that they have like this little bit of skin imperfection because mm-hmm. uh, it just makes it seem more like natural and yeah. like normal it's like uh, like a, a very humanizing moment for megan who at that point is actually a demon <laughs> <laughs> a a demon b just like consistently the most perfect sexy beautiful woman on, yeah. <laughs> on screen in cinema you know yeah um, yeah <laughs> so yeah had just, had just yeah had just been rated uh the hottest woman in America or whatever. Um, I think it was alive. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. The hottest woman alive. I think that's what she was rated. Yeah, um, one which, year mm, prior to this. Uh, Megan Fox is really hot. <laughs> I think we Megan Fox is really this. hot, you know. Whenever I told anybody that we were doing Jennifer's body, their immediate response was like, Megan Fox sexy. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I'm excited for you to watch that movie because Megan Fox is hot. Like, yeah. (laughs) The last thing about the kiss scene, too, and specifically with those articles about the chin acne, there was like, and this is like fair and rational. She also said like in that interview that she watches all of her movies with her parents when they come out. And she was like, I'm a little bit worried to watch this one just because it's like so racy, which is valid. But then uh, like... (laughs) <laughs> sites like the lovely fox news were like megan fox afraid to show parents gay kiss and movie oh God. <laughs> it's like maybe she should, maybe she would be afraid to show them like any scene where it was like very sexual like or maybe maybe the fact that you're fucking sensationalizing it isn't helping fox news <laughs> yeah exactly god you know in more recent news uh this movie has done like a kind of a 180 and it's become this cult classic and people are really appreciating it now for its commentary um specifically on like empowerment of women after experiencing trauma um yeah and uh i i'm here for it i'm here for the revival um here's uh some some interesting uh info that came from an interview with megan fox just literally like a couple of weeks ago now on august 30th of 2020 like literally like two weeks ago megan mm-hmm. fox did this interview with collider to talk about this new movie that she's in called rogue um mm. and rogue is a movie that's about a mercenary played by megan fox and yeah. she's trapped in Africa is the team that she's supervising is being hunted down by a lion. Oh my um, god. I know. And Rogue was written and directed by this mother-daughter duo. And the mother in question um, is MJ Bassett, who is an openly trans director. Um, and she's maybe most known for directing um, the movie Silent Hill Relevation. But she's made a lot of military-themed horror movies that are apparently pretty famous as well. But that's not necessarily a scene of film that I'm like well-versed in so i can't really speak to that have you ever seen silent hill movies you know i think so i think revelation there's one that has like 
like a sexy police officer in it. I wouldn't <laughs> doubt that that was the MJ Bass. I kind of feel yeah, I kind of feel like it must be that one. And I I watched it with my friends specifically cuz like the sexy officer has like a like a relationship not a non-sexual but like a friendship with like a a, like a female main character something good to watch with your gay friends yeah i think that with rogue it's decidedly unsexy but megan yeah it doesn't sound particularly so um i don't like from from what she said in the interview it was like she's like i am like a very emotional person and i had to like learn how to detach all of that and become like a stone face stoic like badass like wow <laughs> like can take anyone down kind of person um i don't think that yeah i think it's very much like that she had to channel power rather than sexiness <laughs> in rogue yeah um, yeah but in that interview the interviewer did ask her this question about jennifer's body they asked her um how do you feel about jennifer's body finally finding an audience and being respected as the modern horror classic that it really always has been And what Megan Fox had to say about that was, um, that obviously is overdue. We were all aware of what we were making at the time that we were making it. We were all taken aback, and we, meaning me, Karen Kusama, Diablo Cody, and the main players, by how the studio marketed that movie, which was outrageous, and by how it was received. I can't sit there and watch that movie and not be like, this is fucking hilarious. It's subtle satire. This is a great movie. It's so interesting. Diablo Cody is so brilliant. Some of the shots in that movie, like the shot going across the football field, are insane. It was so good. The DP and the directing was so good. I don't know. It just wasn't time. It was a decade ahead of its time, and it took this long for culture to catch up. Yeah. (laughs) Aww. (laughs) Which I think is very valid. Well, I'm sad that it didn't have, like, the reception it needed when it came out, you know? Right, yeah. I'm not totally sure when it happened. So Megan Fox was in some of the Transformers movies before this came out, Mm -hmm. and then was fired from the Transformers movies... Jesus, we just talked about this last episode. I can't remember why Megan Fox was fired from the third Transformers movie, though. Oh, I can speak to this. I remember this. So as far as why Megan Fox was fired from Transformers, she made this comment about Michael Bay, the director, um, in which he compared his style of directing um, to being like Hitler. (laughs) Specifically saying that he was incredibly hard on all of the um, actors and actresses that were in his movies, um, that he was just like abnormally mean and cruel to some of them. Um, and then, you know, kind of made the the pass at him being like Hitler as kind of a joke. And um, as a response, Steven Spielberg fired her and removed her from the, the third Transformers movie. And um, afterwards, two other people made statements about it, one being Michael Bay, the director himself, who basically said, like, Megan's job was to show up and be sexy. Ugh. And um, she has a mouth on her and she can say and do whatever she wants. Uh, but she should know that, like, I'm the one who got her famous in the first place. So there. So fucking gross. And the other person that made a comment was, unfortunately, her co-star Shia LaBeouf, who also defended Michael Bay and was like, you know, he's just a director just doing his job. And um, if you don't like how he treats you, well you should just suck it up whatever um and then he made some comment about how like you shouldn't need to be told to arch your back to 45 degrees in order to be like the sexiest pose you should just know how to do that blah 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 fucking gross (laughs) it's the worst (laughs) um fuck 
But yeah, and what I find especially bullshit is that when this happened, the backlash was, like, overwhelmingly towards Megan Fox. Um, Like, oh, she's unprofessional, like, blah, blah, blah. Like, oh, poor Michael Bay. In the third Transformers movie, they, like, write her out and, like, replace her with another girl. And I I don't know exactly what the dialogue is, but it's something along the lines of, like, oh, your bitch of an ex-girlfriend. Like, glad she's not around anymore, like, referring to Megan Fox. And then additionally... So, so Megan Fox has said that, like, quote, she has never been preyed upon by Michael Bay. Um, but she has said in an interview that when she was fucking 15 years old, uh, she was made to dance underneath a waterfall in a bikini for him for the movie's Bad Boy 2. And, and also, I, yeah, yeah, which is, like, so incredibly disgusting. (laughs) Yeah. You know what? It's it's up to her to like define her own narrative. I would say that that is predatory, but yeah, you know. And the other thing too is that Megan Fox's career really did suffer quite a lot from this as well. Oh um, yeah, totally. Like I don't know if she was like blacklisted or what, but she you know kind of dropped out of the spotlight after all of this, and particularly following like the flop of Jennifer's Body, though she's yeah. definitely still active in making movies. Oh, yeah. um, and um, <laughs> you know what one is notable? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Wait, she's in that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What? Have you watched that? No. I haven't watched that either. I don't want to watch it. It's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why do um, they look like that? <laughs> yeah. Um. God, you know what we haven't talked about? What? Megan Fox being actually bisexual. <laughs> oh, yeah, shit. <laughs> Megan Fox is bisexual. Wow, did you know? <laughs> did you know she's bisexual she in this bi- movie and in real and life? in real life, too. Wow. Wow. Good for her. I know. It is good for her. Yeah. I think it's nice. Yeah, it, it, it's funny, too, because, like, uh, I think it was you who, who was telling me this, that, like, different, like, news media outlets will be, like, uh, Megan Fox is so outspoken about LGBT rights. It must be because uh, her her son is gay or, or LGBT, um, and it's definitely has nothing to do with her own agency that that she is in fact bisexual. <laughs> I know it's like somehow everybody suddenly forgot, and specifically because she's married to a man who has yeah. a son, so she has yeah. a stepson who is apparently in the somewhere in the LGBTQ plus community, yeah. and so um. It, I, joking, this is fake, but obviously the idea that, like, uh, if you are a, a bisexual woman and you marry a straight man, that means that you're straight now. So, like, suddenly yeah, everybody's forgot about <laughs> the fact that she's a bi woman. Like, right. Exactly. <laughs> oh my God, let her be outspoken about her own right. <laughs> I know. Like, oh my Christ. God. Oh yeah. my God. Gosh, one thing. <laughs> Uh, since we are re-recording, it's funny. I was thinking, I don't, I feel like we didn't talk about the movie that much in the last episode. No, I don't think we really did. Yeah. Did you have any favorite moments? I feel like any shots that took place in the school were super interesting if for like, sometimes you just see a high school set and you're like, this is really fake. But other times you see a high school set and it's like, this is like weirdly too real. (laughs) (laughs) There's something about specifically this, the high school set here that made me feel like, oh God, this is like what it feels like to be in high school. (laughs) Aww. Yeah, I did feel that. Um, yeah, the way the way that they talked as well, like was like very two thousand nine, like 
slang words and just kind of like kind of the silliness of some of the language seemed very natural for like like teenagers yeah i agree with you some of it some of it is clumsy like adult oh yeah teen character but some of it is like very genuine sounding i think yeah Um, i think so too you know what scene i loved Oh, which one? It's the scene where Needy feeds her pet ferret a piece of fried bologna. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Yeah, so good. A in the movie. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna start um, a podcast where I just review movies that have a ferret in them. <laughs> oh, yeah, do it. <laughs> I've got this one. I've got Along Comes Polly. One scene that um, I also did appreciate, real, re- like, seriously, not, like, a joke scene that I liked, was um, there's the scene where, like, Needy is sitting in, like, chemistry class or something the morning after the fire, and mm-hmm. she's just, like, totally zoned out, and there's someone <laughs> behind her that's talking and is like, yeah, you know, like, when you see something like that, you get, like, PTSD and shit, <laughs> and then it, like, cuts back to Needy, like, eyes big, like, <laughs> unable to look at or focus anything, and I was like, I, girl, I've been there, like. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I think most of us have been there, not at yeah. that, quite at that level, but. Right, right. Yeah, I don't know, that was not just something very I kind of appreciated. Yeah, and then Jennifer walks in and she's totally fine. <laughs> yeah, she's just like, hey, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> You need to get um, your nails done dirty, girls. <laughs> Ew. I know. Um, God, any, actually, I hate to say it, but any scenes with Low Shoulder, the band, yeah. um, they're, they're just, like, so dry, and they're just, like, very much the, like, emo boys from yeah. from 2009, and, and just, they're so, they're pretty funny. I like them. At the start, very start of this movie, it, like, shows Jennifer's bedroom where she has, like, a wall of, like, Fallout Boy posters. That's, like, the energy that you can... It's, like, somewhere between, like, a Green Day and Fallout Boy energy for this yeah, band. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but they're Satanists. And yeah. they have weird fucking dry humor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, the, the entire time they're about to sacrifice her, they're just, like, very nonchalant about it. I know. They looked up their the the ritual on online. I forget if they say a specific website, but they're I just like remember. on the internet on Bing.com. Oh my god, no! Eve's favorite website. Oh sh. <laughs> you remember <laughs> that? Yes, a Apple meaning <laughs> Eve. Eve Apple. I wonder that if there's any symbolism. <laughs> Fucking god! I forgot about that oh, until just so now. So funny! Oh my god! I think about that every day. <laughs> Bing.com oh <my> <laughs> meaning Eve Apple. Here's and then she picks up her uncased iPhone. Remember? You gotta. Yeah. Yeah, gotta show off that back. Did I ever... T- the first K-drama I watched was a K-drama called um, Melting Me Softly. Mm. And um, they had a sponsorship from Dyson. And mm. so every episode, almost every single episode, a character would dramatically pick up the Dyson off of the wall and it would zoom in on their hands to show the Dyson logo while they take the vacuum down. And then they would Wait, be you're vacuuming... Fucking- they would be vacuuming me. while being like, hmm, I'm in love with her, but I can never tell her. While they're, like, vacuuming. 
What like the almost fuck? Every it was so funny. It would be like a one minute scene what of like the them fuck? vacuuming, and that would oh. it was like blatantly a commercial for Dyson. Oh my god! <laughs> I I've heard that the product placement in uh in K dramas is like very overt, but wow. Yeah, it was very funny. Oh man! Also, that was a pretty good drama. On it, it's annoying. I mean, there's some tropes in K dramas that can be a little bit annoying. Like in this one, it's like guy is just excessively mean to the girl because he likes her but he doesn't know how to talk about his feelings so he's just rude (laughs) (laughs) which is really annoying yeah otherwise it was good i actually really like that one Uh, this is not k-drama hour but yeah it is now (laughs) it is now man a a scene that i really liked was during jennifer's first on-screen kill Mm -hmm. um she like corners a uh football player and she like takes him into the woods and and then for whatever reason they're fucking as they're making out and like jennifer is like getting ready to like eat him like a bunch of woodland creatures come out of the forest to like stand in a circle around them and like watch them (laughs) and then and then like i know oh my god and then afterwards when the police find the body, like, there is a deer, um, like, drinking the blood of this guy that is, like, uh, everywhere. And, uh, it, it just reminded me that, um, you may not know this, deer are actually, uh, omnivores. Oh, they, really? They meet sometime, yeah. You knew that. Uh, <laughs> I told well, yeah. you the last time. <laughs> You're right. I didn't know that. Uh, you but I never would have guessed. Aaron, have you ever yeah, been know, to, right? like, have you ever fed a deer? Have you ever been to, like, a deer farm? No, I love to go to a deer farm. Deer are so beautiful. Oh, my God. I fed a deer saltine crackers at a deer farm. Wow. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. That had to be in Michigan, right? Yeah, it was. It was in northern yeah. Michigan somewhere. They, there was this one, yeah. I remember there was this one albino deer that was, like, harassing me. <laughs> <laughs> like, following me everywhere like cracker <laughs> oh my god all right oh, i i do not know enough about this but i'm gonna talk about it anyway apparently um belle isle in detroit it's like if you've never been to detroit it's like this little island um that a couple of years ago was made into a national park i believe or at least a state park i, th- I think it's a state park Okay, it's a state park. It's, as you might have guessed, it is an isle. It is an island. And it has a, a species of white deer that is specific to that island. Really? Yeah, and I think somewhere on the island, there is supposedly a preserve that has these deer on it. I'd like, very small. I don't think there's that many. But, I, you know, I've been all over Belle Isle and haven't seen it. So, who knows? But Belle Isle, while I was there... You know, I had a lot going on, so I've I've never been to Belle Isle actually. I really want to go. Oh my god! Yeah, oh my god! I'm I'm coming to Michigan right now. Let's go. Okay, cool. Yeah, take Yay. the bus or something. I'll meet you there. Yeah. Yeah, I really want to go. I want to go to the aquarium there. I want to go to the um. Oh. I know. I know the that aquarium. It's shit. I want to see it. I want to see how bad it is. It's so bad. It has native species of fish in it to Michigan. It's like basically like one room with all this like, at least when I was there, it was like shitty, like, I think it was like clean water, but it was cloudy, like bad water yeah. that you couldn't really see the fish very well in. And it, yeah, again, it's like one room. Yeah. Um, the botanical garden there is pretty nice. Though. It's the oldest existing aquarium. Is that is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. It's the oldest one in the U.S. Wow. Yeah. Cool. Uh-huh. Bell Isle's And really inspired cool. a lot of other aquariums, actually. Wow, from, yeah. From it, including, like, sheds. Wow. Yeah. 
I want to see it. I want to go to the um the botanical garden there as well. Yeah, yeah. Also, not not very big, but actually, the botanical garden is quite nice. The only other thoughts I have about Jennifer's body is it just it's it's a very very dry comedy. I would yeah. say. I think it it has its moments. It's really funny. It's really enjoyable. And we're coming up on this spooky holiday season, so now's the perfect time to watch it. I know. If there's one thing that this movie has to say that is not openly said, but is just in the aura of it, is um, about, like, the compulsory heterosexuality that many, like, closeted, particularly bi people, feel when they're in high school. Um, oh yeah particularly of this era (laughs) Um, yeah because i think that there's to some degree this like inference that like jennifer and needy could never functionally work as a couple um yeah i think that that's something that like is kind of implied here but that that, that's not because of them themselves but it is because of the climate Um, right yeah again in like rereading some of the stuff about the kiss it just in kind of reminding myself of like the the climate that was the the 2000s yeah i definitely felt you know society telling me like you know if you are with a woman in high school it's going to be something that you grow out of in the like or it's like it's something that you're doing for attention or like or specifically male attention and and definitely the effect that it had on me at the time that i think was like somewhat subconscious was like just like a lot of doubt i was like why am i doing this for male attention (laughs) i'm just like which is so like i was like god that's just like so like why am i doing this (laughs) yeah uh so funny (sighs) yeah kind of dark humor but (laughs) (laughs) no it's fine if it can be dark you can make dark humor if it's about something that you personally experience that's my yeah so true i don't think that it's possible to do dark humor about something that you don't experience personally without making it just by nature offensive dark humor can definitely be like hit or miss yeah and and what it what it definitely is not is is fucking white dudes saying a bunch of fucking slurs jesus christ no you can't do that (laughs) and yet here we are I heard you last episode talk about how this was uh, like Tomie, the Junji Ito novel. Yeah, um, I'm I'm glad to talk about that. I don't I don't know how much I would say that this is like tit for tat identical to Tomie. Oh sure, but it is. Um, I it, I definitely felt when I was watching it, I was like, God, this reminds me of Tomie. I'm like, God, I really want to reread Tomie. So if you're not familiar with the manga Tomie by Junji Ito. Um, the basic plot is that Tomia is like the most beautiful girl in her school and all of these men and boys are constantly falling in love with her because she's so pretty. Um, but turns out she's actually this type of undisclosed demon um, and she can reproduce asexually if she eats men alive. Mm. So the second that a man starts behaving violently towards her, she will like lure them into secluded areas. And then you kind of think that it's going to be a sexual interaction, but then she just eats their internal organs. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is uh, how it goes for Jennifer too. Yeah. It's very similar. And um, Tomia can also heal herself by eating men. And she pretty much only eats like rapists and misogynists, which is not the case for Jennifer. Jennifer, but no <laughs> um tomia is jennifer's also, hungry <laughs> that's true she's just she's just hangry she's just fucking hangry <laughs> um and tomia is also pretty often very cruel to the women around her but she doesn't really kill them or eat them if i'm recalling correctly mm. it's it's pretty much exclusively men um mm. and i was thinking like as i was watching this like stories about like 
succubus or like demons that like eat men and there's like some sort of like kind of sexual attachment to it like was this an era for this type of story like i yeah, don't who know knows? like were there more that i don't know about i don't um, think so i feel like it's a very niche thing or did like cody and kusama pull some inspiration from tomia when they're developing this because tomia had been out since like the 90s the manga had been and the yeah. movies there are eight tomia movies as well that were translated and subtitled for um english audiences um so this started running in 98 and then kept coming out until 2011 so um, i don't know if this was just a moment for those types of stories or if there is some like kinship or like um inspiration being pulled here but like long story short tomi is really really good it's been stated that the manga is like broadly about young women taking agency over their reproductive rights and it was actually initially released in a horror magazine that was specifically aimed with a target audience for like teen girls um, mm-hmm. called Halloween, which I think is rad as fuck as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just think that if you haven't read it, you should read it because it's very good. If you like Jennifer's body, you'd probably like Tomium. Yeah, definitely. It's funny, too, because, you know, they seem to be very similar demons. If Tomie and Jennifer's body are, like, pulling from the same, like, lore of a specific demon, I don't know what that demon is. Yeah. Um, so, who knows? They're just... I don't know. Just a just a bisexual demon. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Who eats I, I don't know if Tomie is uh, bisexual. I don't, I don't think that Tomie is sexually attracted to anyone. <laughs> yeah, actually, it sounds like a it. demonic monster. She's just hungry. She's just hungry. Yeah. <laughs> Yummy. <laughs> she constantly wants to create more clones of herself. Yeah. Um, so it like the more men she eats, the more possible it is for her to like split off another clone. Wow. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty pretty fucking sick pretty rad yeah i would say yeah really uh <laughs> yeah I, I really want to read it yeah you should read it i feel like you would like it yeah i think so you've read some other I, junji ito right yes i have <laughs> i read uh gyo on the same day that uh osama bin laden was um assassinated <laughs> Whoa. Like, so i i know yeah so i i fucking finished reading gyo and then like almost immediately got like a notification being like fr- from just like bin the news laden sources being that. like Os- osama bin laden has been assassinated or what, however they phrased it yeah. um oh my god yeah so <laughs> wow very um, memorable in that sense I feel I would feel like Uzumaki is the one that everybody would read. Yeah, I think it was there was the meme of the the shark going up the stairs. Yeah. And so I think that like people were like what the fuck is this from and then a lot of people read Gyo. Um and then also that the whole mountain like oh, the torture the, um, whole mountain the Amigara fault. I can't remember yeah. what it is, the enigma of Amigara fault. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that mm-hmm. it's, since that's like a that's like an a, a uh, right, and I think that's that's like on the the end, at least like with the version that I read of Gyo, like that was like like a short story on the end of Gyo. So oh god, I, I don't I don't remember if it is or not, I but know. I definitely that is like a meme meme status because like if you if you yeah. if you don't know who Junji Ito is but you do know memes then you may have heard uh, this hole was made for me yeah <laughs> this is my hole is it my was, hole. Made, for it was me. made for me um oh that, is, that is Junji Ito that's iconic I um my first exposure to Junji Ito was definitely Uzumaki and I definitely read Uzumaki first and I feel like most people I know read Uzumaki before anything else 
Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Gyo, I, I just read Gyo first. I think that Gyo is one of the more disgusting Junji. Oh my god, I think it it's like fucking, impossible. It's so that was fucking gross. That was one of the ones that like really sat with me and like left me feeling really bad afterwards. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like a little bit embarrassed to admit that, but like afterwards, I was like afraid of my own bodily functions. I was like, I don't want to fart. I don't want to burp. I don't want to do anything. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, oh there's God. a lot of fart and burp horror in yeah, Joe. and yeah, yeah really it's just, gets it's very unsettling. There are a few Junji yeah. Ito like manga that really really sit with me, and that is unfortunately one of them. I feel like Uzumaki is another one that really sits with people, but that one didn't bother me reading at all. Yeah, no, that that, that one kind was silly about spirals a little bit. That one is pretty scary though. Yeah, Scary. I also love the human chair, but that's not a Junji Ito original. That's an adaptation. Um, I think I've read that. I've read like some of the like compilation books. Okay, yeah, the human chair is like um, it's an Edogawa Rampo uh, short story about a man mm. who seals himself in a chair. Yeah, so that the woman that he loves will sit on her on his lap all day. Yeah, it's terrifying. God, yeah. There's that one about the lady fucking the house. Oh, I, I. <laughs> I was just talking with Hoops about this the other day because there are, like, so many really good Junji Ito shirts on the Crunchyroll yeah. store right now. And I was like, God, yeah, yeah. like, all of these look so great. Why are they all from House? Why are they all from the House one? I don't want to wear the one from the House one. Oh, she wants you to fuck the anything. House. <laughs> but instead, you put fucking House? Yeah. Oh, my God. I... That one, it's fine. It's not scary. That's the thing. I, I kind of like the ones It's just kind of stupid. Yeah. Yes. Some of them are just stupid. Yeah. <laughs> and some of them Man. are creepy. And some of them are horrifying. I will read anything by Junji, Junji Ito that you send me. Um, the the things that, like, really bother me are, like, the the body horror, but not in the sense that, like, I'm like, oh, I won't read this. More like, just like a blah, gross. Yeah. Some of the body horror ones are... Yeah. You for, you yeah. have to have read Glyceride, right? Yeah, that one, that one was bad. bad for that me. one's really bad. <laughs> I did. And, and yeah, especially as somebody who had like really, really bad acne. Yeah. I, I really didn't like that. Yeah, that one is super rough. And I bought, mm. I, this is another thing where I like was like, damn, this Junji Ito shirt is like the nicest one I've seen. And yet it's from Glyceride. Yeah, who and the fuck wants that? I bought it. I own it. <laughs> oh, you <laughs> It's listen. It's, it's pastel oh pink, my God. and oh, okay. it is like that. All the screen this printing on it you. is light purple and light blue. Okay, and it's printed on so like you the were front back personally and targeted. And I was like, literally, okay. I need to. I have to own this. I do love that Junji Ito has sold out so heavily. I know. I appreciate that too. That, like I remember the days of just reading his manga and like Blogspot because that was the only place you could find it, or desperately trying to like pseudo translate like untranslated mm-hmm. work as it came out because like it wasn't being published at all. Like all of his books right, were out yeah. of print, and now yeah. all of his books are o to in print, and you can walk into any hot topic and buy Junji Ito <laughs> shit and I love that yeah and so and all anime conventions have been canceled but he, he's going to cons he's doing fucking I con know. circuit it's wild to think that a he's man a nice guy. I know he <laughs> to think that a former dental assistant yeah <laughs> a dental assistant turned accountant turned full-time manga artist 
Amazing. I know. Okay. Anyway, we gotta end. We, this. We gotta end yeah. Thank you so much for listening. If you feel like it, you can follow us on Twitter at Gaze Gaze, and there you can tweet with us. And if you like this podcast, we'd love it if you told your friends about it. Uh, you can also email us at Aaron at gazegaze.com to send us thoughts, ideas, or recommendations. Again, we'd really like it if you told us about like some witches that you liked. Do you think they're gay? Are, are they actually you know, gay? Are they actually gay? I heard a rumor that have you written fan fiction about them? Charmed that's gay. So if you know yeah. more about this, please tell me. Right, we don't know these things, <laughs> and we would like you to hey, share with what? us. <laughs> You guys have a podcast on witches, but we don't know a single goddamn thing about witches. (laughs) If nobody fucking emails us, we're just like, we're going to start the episode and we're just being like, I don't know about witches. Mm, Yan. Do you say (laughs) Nyan? And that'll be. (laughs) I did say Nyan. Oh, whoa, what's a witch? Are they gay? We don't know. (laughs) Nyan. By the way, uh, just to to clarify, witches in media, like stereotypes about witches, (laughs) like witches is like a Halloween concept concept not like actual practicing witches who are valid and who we love and appreciate and yeah that's fine yeah if you're wiccan and a lesbian uh, email us at erin at gays gays and we'll talk about you on the podcast (laughs) okay yeah there are many witches that are not wiccan many thanks to kate and leslie of neon and nude for allowing us to use their songs look in love and you pretty thing for our intro and our outro music you can buy their album at neonandnude.bandcamp.com and you can also stream it on spotify if that's outside your means next week we're going to be doing what keeps you alive great mm-hmm. that sounds like fun yeah and for once Sweet. when i say next week i mean literally next literally week. next week yeah wow um, wow <laughs> yeah um what just as a content warning if you do decide to watch it it's like um basic premise is that like a woman and her wife go to a cabin in the woods and then her wife uh like slowly reveals that she's murdered and maybe is trying to kill her own wife (laughs) um so it is very much horror like i think it's almost like slasher horror trope so oh fun Mm -hmm. it will probably be very intense and suspenseful so all right but until then i'm erin i'm erin and And we're gay gay. and that's all bye Bye. Bye.